Testing. Can you all hear me? This is Cannabis Mom Boss with Jenny Blaze. And I'm just getting used to this setup because I have a whole new thing. And going live is a lot of work. <laughs> it's actually... It's not that bad. It's um, there's pros and cons, which is what I'm. I want to talk about on the Cannabis Mom Boss show, and today's show is kind of like a vlog because I'm going to talk about how my kid took an edible at school, and as a cannabis advocate and a can of mom who's trying to break the stigma and make people or empower people to feel comfortable coming out of the green closet as consumers, as responsible parents and citizens and of the world and professionals, my kid, my own child goes and does this. So before we get into that, I just want to remind everyone to subscribe to my YouTube channel and turn on notifications so that you can be updated when we do go live, because I know I've been like, I don't want to say it this way, but I've been kind of dicking around. <laughs> I I think I've been making excuses and no more excuses. Today's December 1st. This is the first official Cannabis Mom Boss live show. And I was going to do Bravo and Blaze season four like four times a week, but... I realized I, I was overextending myself. It is a lot. And I can't do that with all of my kids. And especially, obviously, with my home situation that I have going on, my children are taking edibles at school. So I, I'm scaling back. I'm going back to the OG schedule, the OG format, once a week on Fridays. The only difference is... I'll be going live. So when I go live, I am not editing after. And that's what takes up a lot of time as a content creator is the editing and all of that production and setting up your lights and having a nice studio and good audio. All that stuff is a lot. So <laughs> I'm just going to... Instead of trying to talk about Bravo every single day, I'm going to talk about all of it on Fridays like I used to. And then on Thursdays, like today, I'm going to go live for Cannabis Mom Boss where I share these stories about what it's like to be a cannabis advocate and have a teenager who took an edible at school. I will never get over this. I will never but, um, yeah, so I'll talk about what it is to be a cannabis mom boss because I keep hyping it up and I'm like, I have all this knowledge and all these experiences, they major transformations that I've gone through that not a, I don't meet that many people that have gone through the types of transformations I have. And I want to share this with people because I am just Jenny Blaze. Like, there's nothing special about me. 
other than I will work as hard as I possibly physically, emotionally can handle because I know that if you are confident and you are knowledgeable and you know best practices, you know industry standards in whatever area you're working in, I truly believe anyone can be successful. And a lot of the times I feel like a lot of people, they achieve some type of level of success that maybe like somebody else would be like, oh my God, that is amazing. You know, like by 25, I bought a house. I was driving an Audi and traveling every week, getting on a plane two or three times a week and living it up. I was making more money than my parents ever had and had no responsibilities. But then I found myself being like incredibly unhappy. And even though that, you know, on paper I was successful, I didn't feel successful. And it didn't matter how much I achieved in that one area in my life. It was, it's not, it's bigger than that. It's a holistic approach to how to live your best life. Success is different for everyone. Living in a van overlooking a beautiful view is success for some people. And I'm actually starting to consider it myself. (laughs) Just kidding. But, ah, Serafina's here. Social light gossip. If you guys, hold on, I'm taking a sip of tea. If you guys are listening on the podcast or after we go live, just remember you can join and we have a live chat. So we make it fun in here. Okay, going back to this, this episode is not what I envisioned with Cannabis Mom Boss, as you can imagine. Um, In my mind, I've been making excuses as to why I've been like starting Cannabis Mom Boss, and they really were just excuses. And instead of trying to wrap everything up in a nice, pretty bow, I'm just going to be real and authentic and as transparent as I can, you know, with my whole life and show you what it is to be a mother, a cannabis advocate and an entrepreneur. And I'll share with you the ups and downs so that we can learn from my mistakes Hopefully you guys don't make the same mistakes, but it's also okay. That's why I'm like, it. I'm okay with putting myself out there because I know that I'm coming from a good place with good intentions and in anything I do. And I'm open to growing and learning about myself. Like if I think about myself when I was in my 20s, Gross. Like, I would not want to hang out with 20-something-year-old Jenny, <laughs> which is where Jenny Blaze kind of started. Actually, no, it's in my teens. Never mind. But, um, yeah, I truly believe that anyone can be an entrepreneur and be successful 
you can start literally anywhere. And it's just, it, it, the rules are the same. The, the actual actions that you take to be successful are all the same in any major transformation. And a lot of the times it's just our selves that are getting in the way, like me making excuses with this office. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I need to have this done before I do this. And no, we just got to get into it. So today I'm talking about my kid taking an edible at school. Um, I'm so pissed about this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, Matthew McC Serafina just said Matthew McConaughey is success living in a van overlooking the beach. Is he? Thought he like had like a whole family. I can't imagine that, but whatever. So, okay. I'm going to tell this story. And then if I get time, I'm going to answer a question that I got this week about having your own website. Like what's the next step after I get my website? I'm paying for this website every month. Now what? What does that even do for me? What can I do with it? There are things you can do with it. But I'll talk about my kid first. Oh, my God. So I'm a little frazzled. Like, I didn't have a good intro set up because my father called me because he's like, what's going on? He's like so worried about my kid way more than I would say he has ever worried about me when I was a kid. <laughs> And I'm like, what is your deal, dude? I went to the principal's office. Okay, so let me start from the beginning. My kid is 13. She's in eighth grade. And I guess like, okay, during COVID, I had two kids, two little kids. My, I, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So COVID happened right when I gave birth to my two-year-old and I kept my kid home in sixth grade, I guess. I don't even remember what year it was. She stayed home for all of sixth grade to do remote. And I do think that that was not the best for her social skills. Like she definitely, definitely like was craving it to the point where she, when she went back to school, it was like, all she wanted to do was hang out with friends and gossip and have boyfriends and girlfriends and whatever's. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like it kind of felt normal, but also, especially since she would tell me some of the things, because I would never tell or be able to talk to my mom about the things that her and I talk about. So, and I'm very open. I'm like, please come tell us. And I, Whatever, I'll get there. So she goes back to school and her grades are just awful. Like we're Asians and I hate to bring up the Wens, but the Wens kid was really cute on Salt Lake City. And she said, you know, that's why we're called Asians, not Bijans. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm Asian. <laughs> but uh, I just couldn't believe like, she wasn't like a Bijan or a Cijan. She was like a Dijan and an Fshin. What the F? I can't even imagine ever getting 
anything below an A, let alone below a B or a C or a D. Like, it just boggles my mind. And then turns out, like, a lot of it was just she wasn't doing it because there was no accountability. Like, she, I guess the teachers, the authority from the teachers wasn't enough for her. And I guess maybe she's waiting for me to get on her. I was trusting her that she was capable to handle it. <clears throat> Excuse me, that, you know, she could do it on her own. But once we realize, you know, early in the year, this is seventh grade, um, that she like was having issues. I was talking to her guidance counselor. We started having, um, oh good. Socially gossip said I've been there with my son after he returned to school after remote learning. Yeah. It was like overstimulation or something. I don't know. But, um, so we start having, I start having web meetings, virtual meetings with her guidance counselor, with all her teachers there. And this is the first time she has like multiple teachers. And in my head, I'm just thinking like, these people are so patient. Like I'm furious that she's, this is her grade. And they're just like, so I mean, I don't want to, I'm not like trying to knock on the teachers because like, God bless them. Like I, I need them. Thank God for them. But they almost seem like emotionless about it. Like, yes, Mia. Um, whoops. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say her name. Um, <clears throat> whatever. So we're live. They were saying, you know, she may have been copying from another student's paper. And they're just telling me this like weeks later. And I'm like, they said it so emotionless the way that Meredith Marks was last night on Salt Lake City, which I'm going to talk about on Bravo and Blaze tomorrow. But the way that Meredith Marks has a dead soul <laughs> and is so terrifying, like they were just like so empty about saying that she may have copied another person's paper. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me that my child cheated or copied? Like, what is that? And they're like, yes. And I was like, oh my. And I wasn't mad at them, obviously. I'm like, are you kidding me? My kid is being accused of this and she probably did do it, I guess. Like, I'm not surprised anymore with her behavior. And so I guess, you know, after meeting with the guidance counselor and the teachers once a month, like it was, it turned into my job. Oh, by the way, the rage inside of me is adding up in my head all of the time that we're paying for each person, just like, you know, theoretically, like if we were to put this down on paper, my time for an hour, plus the guidance counselor's time for an hour, plus each teacher, she's costing us money. <laughs> like, what is that? That stuff makes me rage. It's like, why are you just being so 
irresponsible. It's just like unnecessary. Let's just get through life. And it's not, you have one job, go to school. That's about it. But oh, I'm distracted by this um, weird bot that's in here. No, we don't want to find love in your city or our city. <laughs> Anyways, so obviously she was not doing well when she returned. We got her straightened out. She started doing softball and was doing well there, making some friends. But then like the first, it was like the last week of school, I walked in. I was so mad at her because also this is something that's been bothering me. She was stealing my makeup. Like that to me was a blatant, like I am going to give you a middle finger in your face by doing this because I'm going to know, like, don't take my makeup. If it's something I use every single day, I'm going to know it's gone. And she'd like lie about it or sneak in my room. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Just tell us. And also therapy is going on, going on already. Um, I think therapy was going on already. And um, also her stepmother and I, we co-parent together. So she was on all the calls with the teachers, with the guidance counselor and any kind of like discipline, we coordinate together so that she can't, you know, like lie in between houses. And <clears throat> thank you, Serafina, for reporting those comments. Maybe Serafina should be the moderator. You're so good at this. Um, so, yeah, we're all on board. And I thought she was headed down a good path. Like we're about to enter... This summer, she's with me in July, and then she's with her dad in August. So I'm like, okay, this will be fun. We have, like, a ton of birthdays in July, you know, with her siblings and stuff. So I walk in because I'm so mad. Usually I knock before I walk in, but she's sleeping, and I was so mad because she took my mascara or something, and I just swung the door up, and I was like, did you take my mascara? <clears throat> and she just shot up out of bed had these eyes that I've like never seen before, like sheer panic. And then she looked at me and then looked down at the floor and then looked back at me and then dove off her bed and was obviously hiding something. And I just like couldn't help but laugh like, oh my gosh, this person <laughs> so crazy. Like, Oh, rookie. Okay. But I'm like, all right, obviously show me. And she's like, no, mama, please. She's begging me. I'm like, obviously you have to show me. So I'm like, what is it? And she wouldn't say, I was like, is it weed? And she goes, she like looked panicked and turns out she, it was a weed pen that was plugged in, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't a regular weed pen. It was like one of the Delta 9 or whatever. The ones that you like get at the gas station or not. It, I got it from like a smoke shop, but I never even used it, I don't think. And I like forgot that it was in my nightstand and she went in my room and actually stole it. And I was so 
pissed off. I mean, I didn't do I was I've been able to like maintain my composure with her because I've been preparing myself for these teenage years my whole life, I think. <laughs> I think this is my karma. But whatever. I can handle it, right? Cuz I'm a cannabis mom boss. Um so I obviously had to tell her stepmom and oh cuz then we checked her bag and found a condom too. And <laughs> that's when like it was embarrassing I think for her and her dad to like for her dad to know that. And I mean, even when she got her period, it was like he was panicking. So like you don't have to do anything. But anyways, um, so I I took away the phone. I said, You're not getting your phone for the whole summer, pretty much, and you just have to stay with me all day, every day and help me, I guess. And so <clears throat> we Talked to the therapist multiple times. I remember crying to her therapist alone with her therapist. I was like, I don't know what to do. I've done everything. Like, whatever. So I have her write a reflection essay, I guess. One for lying. One for stealing. And one for underage drug abuse. Like, she knows the rules. I, this is what I've been trying to teach others with cannabis mom bosses to feel empowered to confidently and safely speak about your cannabis consumption as a parent and not worry about your children, you know, being taken away from you or anything. And thank God I had just found out like a month before this. Oh, wait, no. Oh my gosh. I just found that this out. This year, earlier in the spring, when I went to the CWCB Expo in New York, where I met Redman, um, I learned from Trolley Patel. I have an episode with her on my channel where we she informed me that she that in New York State and in New Jersey, it is illegal for child protective services to use THC against parents as sole basis for you know, like taking away your children or something. And Charlie Patel is, um, she actually has her own law firm, Blaze Law Firm, like Jenny Blaze. And she has a nonprofit organization, Blaze Responsibly. And we have very similar um, values and just, you know, outlook on cannabis consumption and cannabis, the cannabis industry as a whole, it's not just there's, yes, everyone knows about the recreational side. And we all know the Cheech and Chong stereotype that has been created in the media. But this is 2022. The laws are changing. And there are people who use cannabis for things other than just getting high or stoned or whatever and b 
because there are a lot of us and we have technology, I want to be able to do what I can to break the stigma and modernize the perception of cannabis consumers so that you could see I'm living proof that you can be a good person, you can be a professional, you can be successful, a good parent, and still be a cannabis consumer. And we just need to change everyone's perception on it because they automatically compare it to alcohol. Yes, Dorinda's red balloon. If parents can have handles of vodka all around their house, why the fuck? YTF can't parents have weed? Makes no sense. Yeah, and it's all about... So then I told... I, I'm i what they you would call an overshare. And I have been completely transparent with my cannabis advocacy, with my podcast, with everything, with my kids' school, the principal, both principals, um, the guidance counselor, her therapist, my therapist, lawyers. I mean, I don't know who else you need to, who, who else needs to know. Like, I mean, I do know it's everyone out there who's not listening yet, but what I'm here for. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, so I made my kid also, if you go back to an old podcast episode, I made her read um, kind of like a disclaimer saying that, you know, you're not supposed to or that minors are not to be using cannabis unless, you know, like directed by a physician or whatever. Like that's the rule in my house. And my daughter doesn't have a need to use any THC right now, in my opinion. So for her to do what she did is just is mind blowing because I've also taught her about the science behind cannabis, how like how it's medicinally beneficial, how there's terpenes that do different things for different you know, effects and for it works differently in everyone's body and that we should, you know, about safety. I've taught her that we should know where we're getting our supply from. You don't just like get something off the street and do it, you know, like you don't know what's in that. And, you know, I've taught her even the history of prohibition and she's, she's all about BLM. So I'm like, hello, do you know about prohibition? It's the only reason it's weed is even illegal is because they used it as a tool to target certain demographics and it's called the war on drugs and it's built from systemic racism. And before the 1920s, cannabis was in like <clears throat> medical books and it was used as like a like a home remedy type of thing. Anyways, I'm just like so irritated about the whole situation. Um, what else? I have so safety. I've told her about the science. She's not allowed to use it. Although um, if you haven't seen it already, go check out Weed the People on Netflix. It's such a good documentary about children and cannabis consumption, which me personally going into, I was like, what? 
these parents are giving weed to their kids. And I was like, kind of weirded out about it. But when I watched it, I sobbed. I sobbed. There's so many good comments on here. I gotta read some. Oh, I recently lost an opportunity that I had been working towards for a couple of years because of my medical cannabis consumption. I have been living or having an existential crisis. That is actually, we should talk because um, that is something that's changing in each state. Some states, I think, have already passed it where you where uh, employers can't use it against you, but also there's certain conditions. Like if you operate heavy machi machinery, like maybe you shouldn't be able to. And the thing is like, they don't know how to test you for it. It's not like there's a breathalyzer. So it's not like you can, if you test positive, that doesn't mean you're high or intoxicated or under the influence because you, it only measures like the last month. So that's not a fair representation. And that's something maybe I should have trolley come back and talk about. I'm sure she knows. I love knowing lawyers. <laughs> it's so comes in handy. Ah, uh, because of the opportunity I lost, I'm trying to lean into my Instagram account. And I bought my website, but I haven't done anything with it yet. That's the next topic that I'm going to be talking about. Okay, let me wrap up this. Um, my kid took an edible at school. Okay, so I thought she was reformed. I did all these things. I, I mean, if you ask any of these people who know me that have been involved in this journey, my you know, we call them the others, like my kids, other parents, <laughs> like her stepmom, her father, um, the schools, her therapist, anyone you can ask them. Like, I'm literally trying to do every single thing that's recommended by anyone. And I'm still having this issue. So the topic of alcohol came up because I was, I was very blunt about it with the principal, I told him, you know, it's illegal for me or not for me. It's illegal for New York state to use THC against parents. So I feel comfortable talking to you about this because I know that I didn't do anything wrong. And I've been completely honest about everything, like documenting it on my podcast. Like, hello, I have nothing to hide. So I basically was telling him, like, people are still getting their kids taken away. And, you know, he said, you know, the same thing could happen with alcohol. He's like, I don't want to compare it to that. But truly, that is back to Serafina's point or social like gossip's point. Like you. Any I mean, you have to lock up your stuff. That's the only way to prevent your kids from getting it. But even if you lock it up, they can get it. Anyway, so this is what happened. I actually was having a tough day and I had the opportunity to take a nap. I hadn't taken a nap during the day and like, I don't even know how long, but I was like, you know what? I deserve this. And I didn't want to take like a five hour nap or anything, but I just wanted to like rest my body for like 20 minutes. And as soon as I did, I remember hearing the 
buzzing of my phone, but I was like, no, I'm not getting it. And then like 20 minutes later, my husband comes up and is like, um, she took an edible at school and you got to go right now. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, an edible? And I think I was in a state of uh, like denial. Because I'm like, this is so, no way is anyone this dumb, let alone my kid. But then I'm like, who am I kidding? <laughs> I have no control over her. I'm try I'm teaching her everything I possibly can, and she's still not still not working. So I just went to school and I'm like, what is happening right now? The, the principal sees me and he's got this look of like fear, obviously. And I'm like, I'm trying in my head, I'm reciting Luann De La Sepp, like, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. And he tells me, I'm like, wait, can you just tell me what happened? And we're like in the hallway and he's like trying to be quiet because he didn't want anyone to hear. And I guess he like walk right when you walk in. She can't there. There's a bathroom. She came out and he said she like fell to the floor and looked like white. And he like ran to her and was like, Mia, are you OK? She was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get in so much trouble. And he like took her to the nurse. And I th I think she might have been crying. And like she I don't know who said this. I don't know if it was my kid or if the principal said it first, but this term, actually, my husband said it to me first, so they must have said it to him on the phone. Someone said she's having a bad trip, and that just irritated me so bad because I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not, nobody's tripping right now. Like, what are you talking about? Like maybe having a bad reaction or like took too much. Is that overdosing? I don't know. Like tripping though. Do you trip on weed? I just, that bothered me. Maybe that says more about me, but whatever. I'm like bad trip. It just seems so like so cringy. I'm like, bad trip. Oh my God. This is so embarrassing. Oh my gosh. Don't judge me for my parenting or my reactions because I'm just being honest. <gasps> and I didn't say to her, like, you're so embarrassing. But in my mind, I'm like, this is mortifying. So, we go into, oh, and he told me uh, that she told him right away. She said who she got it from. Because um, my fear is like she's going to take something from me and bring it to school. Or like steal something from me and give it to her friends or whatever. Like 
she, so I guess someone sold it to her. I'm like, where does she even have money? She doesn't have a job. So that was annoying too. And then, um, so we go into the nurses, which by the way, I went to the rival school of the school that my kid goes to. And we were known as like the poor school. And she's like at the nice school and walking in to the nurse's office, I was like, oh my God, this is like a hospital. Our nurse's office was like one room with like two curtains and they have like a private room and they can like lay down and stuff. Like this is bullshit. But I walk in and... I just like stop. I didn't like go to her because like no one wants to be crowded when they're puking, right? Because they said she was puking. She's got a, like a a bag. Her the nurse is like rubbing her back, and she looks white, and she looks up so slow like this, like with this smile. I was like, what? I try. I didn't know what to do because. Literally, it was so creepy. And if there was no one there, I probably would have screamed, like, not scream, but like, ah, it was just so like scary looking because she was, she had just thrown up. So she looked <laughs> at Drool and, and, she, but she like looked up with her eyes and had this, she has this nervous laughter thing that she's been going through. So, I'm just like, wow, this girl, this girl is really doing this right now. I cannot believe this. And I'm just standing there like in shock. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, so I'm like, can you walk to the car? And she's like, uh, I'm like, I don't know what to do. The nurse is like, do you want a wheelchair? I'm like, yes, please. Let's get a wheelchair. So they're like, where did you park? And they, you know, we arranged so that I would go get my car, pull up, and then she would get wheeled out in a wheelchair. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is my life. Oh, mortifying. I'm such an idiot because I'm like literally on camera, but hiding myself. Yeah, I'm stupid. Okay. So... She gets helped into the car, and all of a sudden, this girl moves at sloth speed, okay, all the time. I don't know why. She actually was quicker when she was, like, a toddler, and she's, like, slowed down a lot. But, like, just she drags her feet, and it's just very, like, like, there's no hustle, no hustle <laughs> at all. And... I'm just always like, I'm a hustler. Like, I am hustling all the time. Like, let's go. Let's go. Time is money. Money is time. Let's go. And she, I guess, like, all of a sudden, she's, they're recording me. I've never seen her move so fast in her life. And I, I was, like, so shocked. The principal, like, held her down and was like, no, it's fine. I guess. Nobody was recording her. I don't know. But like that just goes to show not trying to like. I kind of feel bad that I'm like 
telling all my kids business and she'll probably hate me for this, but you know what? This is part of the punishment, I guess. Um, but this just goes to show how important their image is. Like she moved with the quickness when she thought somebody was recording her in the wheelchair. And I even said in the principal's office this morning, I was like, I wish they recorded you. I actually do wish somebody was recording that so we could all look and see like how crazy this is. So I bring her. She had like another part of her punishment, which was basically staying with me in the car until I could go round up all my other kids. I was in the car for like two hours that day, just driving around, picking up kids. And so she like even threw up in the car at one point. Like, I actually know, like I've been hospitalized for not the same exact thing, but that vomiting and like that pain you get in your, well, mine was much more, much, much more severe, but I have had issues like that with, taking edibles and I don't even really like to mess with edibles anymore because that's like, it's just, you don't really know. And I don't think there's enough studies done and it's really on a case by case basis. And I don't even know how to recommend people. So I just always say start very slow and really you have to like, you have to stay in tune with your body. And for me, I used to keep like a weed journal. <laughs> I don't know if that's like nerdy, but I literally would put, I would track everything. My, what strain, how much I smoked or ingested or dabbed. Like if it was a concentrate, if it was a vape pen. I would, track everything because I needed to know how my body reacted because I was essentially biohacking, I guess. Um, let's go to the comments for a second. <laughs> I, Serafina says, I think the no hustle is a teenager thing. Yeah, I think so. But oh God, she's, it's just like, come on, let's get with it. By the way, my child made varsity wrestling as an eighth grader and actually has been, and she's in like an advanced class that she's getting credit for. Like she's doing well. And then she starts hanging out with this new group and now she's on drugs. And I mean, how do you, like for me personally, I try to use like laughter and comedy as a way to cope with things. So like in my head, I look at her and I'm just like, oh, there goes the drug addict. But like, <laughs> it's like, I just don't even know what to do. So, okay. So I bring her home. She like sleeps for the rest of the day. I just, I didn't get into it with her because she was suffering enough, obviously. I was like, oh, this can wait. 
And um, she started to feel better later on. She slept through everything. But then she had a hydration test for her wrestling team, her varsity wrestling team, the very next morning. And in my mind, because I asked the principal when I was leaving, I was like, so she's what, expelled? Like, uh, do I have to go to youth court? Like, that's what I'm thinking is the severity. He's like, definitely suspension. Um, I don't know how many days. And I'm like, okay, are we going to like have to talk to the superintendent or something? He's like, oh, I don't think it'll get that far. And I was like, why not? Like, maybe we should go that far. Because clearly this girl needs some discipline. Like, hello, holla if you hear me. Um, Dorinda's red balloon. I was about to say as a teen girl, the social shame will take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so the social part, I didn't even get to this part yet. Um, but real quick, social, socialite gossip. Do you know how many milligrams she took? We do not know. Um, we've been trying to find out, but so, um, I talked to the principal later on. That day, she was suspended for five days. I guess if you go past five days, that's when they get the superintendent involved or something. Um, they take it, they escalate it to the next level. Um, so because of Thanksgiving and everything, she wasn't in school for almost two weeks. <sighs> I'm like, this is a vacation for her. I can't, I can't. And I have had these conversations with her, her teachers and principals, like when they were so nonchalant about her allegedly cheating. I'm like, I take that very seriously. Like, we need to suspend her or something. And I remember when she was her, when her grades were low, I was like, so do we hold her back? Like, does she have to take the grade again? And they were just like, no, we don't do that. I'm like, what? I go, what? You don't. And then they said, I go, okay, so then no sports, obviously. And they're like, no, we don't do that either. And I'm like, what is happening to this world? So you break rules and you just get to do whatever you want. This is in line with that whole era or generation of everyone gets a trophy crap. Like, this is not okay. It's, I'm not cool with it. But anyway, so um, she gets suspended. I talked to the wrestling coach. Didn't even know she got suspended. So he calls me. I like, I'm still like sleeping, I think, on Saturday morning. I had like all this stuff I had to take care of, but couldn't because then I had to take care of this stuff. And I had to tell her coach the whole thing. And we just, you know, we said, we'll, we'll touch base like later. We don't have to handle this now. So then, um, I reached out to the principal after Thanksgiving. So a couple of days ago and I was like, okay, so she's coming back on Thursday. Like what's the protocol? What do we got to do? Um, I need to talk to you because I took away her phone, but she was like begging me. It was like the night before Thanksgiving, which maybe she was able to trigger 
nostalgia in me because I always think of like the night before Thanksgiving as like going out and hanging out with your friends when you're young. So she was like, mom, please, you know, like, and she helped me with something. So I was like, okay, I'll let you just check in on your phone, you know, since everything happened because it had been almost a week and she went into Snapchat right away. And I guess there's a Snapchat group of like 30 kids where one of them, not one of them, some of them were actually threatening to like jump her, attack her, assault her. I don't know if I'm allowed to say these things. <laughs> but that was obviously very concerning and she was crying and I didn't like, I didn't push her while she was down or kick her while she was down. I was, I was very motherly and like hugging her and telling her like, this will be okay. And you know, like whatever. I, I couldn't do anything though, because it was the night before Thanksgiving. So I couldn't like call the principal right away and be like, yo, what the hell? And the funny, I mean, I, again, I tried to use humor to like <laughs> to cope and she's crying and she's like they said they're gonna do it on Tuesday the 29th and I was like what idiots you're not even gonna be in school then idiots oh my god I was like oh I wasn't mad at her well no wait oh my god that's horrible I wouldn't even know how to handle that except give love why were Oh, why were they even mad at her? Okay, so they were mad at her because she snitched. She said where she got it from. Okay, so at this point in time, they're all attacking her because she's. That's how it all starts to unravel. This since this happened, so this is like an underground like Dateline special, maybe I'm not that far, but what is like little thing floating? Um. It's not that deep, but there was essentially my kid is not the center of all of this. I'm not saying my kid is innocent. I'm clearly outing her and I don't condone what she's done. Um, but um, I did talk to the principal and told him what was going on because I got my kid to give me some names. I was like, Where's the screenshot? And she goes, I didn't take one. I was like, you always take a screenshot. What is wrong with you? And she's like, it tells you if you take a screenshot on Snapchat. And I said, so who cares? Like, this is the thing with technology. And this is actually what I love about technology today is that if you don't do anything wrong, you don't have anything to hide so don't do things like go on Snapchat and threaten people. Like, that's just illegal, actually. My dad loves um, law as his hobby. And actually, it's his, like, true crime, like, drama that he indulges in. And he called me. He's like, you know, that's a federal offense. Five years in prison or something like that. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I know. And I'm like, I'm taking this very seriously because I also have that girl's mother's phone number because that girl once slept at my house and she went to 
my daughter's stepmom's house too, her father's house, whatever. So like we know this lady and I even asked whatever. Okay. So I told him what's going on. He told me, oh, don't worry. They all snitched. <laughs> he said, if they're trying to make it out to that, you know, your kid is the only one, they're sadly mistaken because immediately that same day, like 10 of them came out and like there's, they have a whole list. <laughs> like He said, they know all the people, he, the principal told me, so I go in today, we planned on her day back, to, her first day back this morning. Her stepmom and I, we met there in the office, my first time in a principal's office, my first time like dealing with any kind of suspension or any kind of like discipline like this, really. Like I was, I wasn't like a good kid, but on paper, I would make sure that I was always okay because we didn't have technology back then. Not like we do today. So you could get away with stuff a lot easier back then. But now it's like there's digital traces of everything. But um, so I go in the principal's office and again, my kid is smiling with this grin the whole time. And I'm just looking at her side. I like. I had a visual of Stasi backhanding Kristen flash through my mind as she's smiling at me. I wouldn't ever do that. But that is the emotion that came up. That's the first thing that came to my head. I'm like, I cannot believe this. <laughs> this bee is really smiling right now. Oh, my God. So <clears throat> she, the school has new rules in place for her, her, not just her, but a lot of the kids involved, like they can't have lunchtime. They have to, she has to sit in with the principal, I guess, and eat lunch with him, which is kind of cool, actually. I think it's like, you can't get any higher up than that to become friends with somebody, right? <laughs> It's all about networking, baby. So um, hopefully she uses that time wisely. And um, so she has restrictions on her lunch and also her bathroom breaks. Like they're cutting that off. No phone. Um, she also has to like do like sign-ins and stuff that she has to do every day and return it, whatever. There's, I was like, what's the consequence if she doesn't do this? I'm like, who's checking? Is this based off of honor code? Cause I'm not into that. Like what is, what's, what are we doing here? And so we got that all in place and we talked about, you know, the, the jumping threat and they're aware of that. So they've talked to parents. They've, um, I guess they suspended a, a few kids. I, they're not, they weren't allowed to tell me everything, but, um, um, yeah, so I feel comfortable with her back in school because, like, we're, like, tight now, the principals and I, the guidance counselor, the I talked to the coach today. He gave me some tea 
Oh my God. The coach told me, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. No, I won't say, but one of the kids involved has repeated bad behavior since that occurrence already. And they, there was only five days since the last occurrence. Like that's wild to me. But anyways, um, so at first, when this first happened, um, I was talking to her stepmom um, about wrestling because varsity wrestling is very demanding, which I like forgot how demanding extracurricular activities are. And it really involves me driving her around like it's not I mean, it's adding to her life and it's so good and I'm so happy that she's getting this opportunity and that she made varsity as an eighth grader. Like, hello, that's amazing. But I didn't realize it would require me to drive an extra like two hours every day. So I was like, Oh damn. Um, okay. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. And I, in my mind, I was like, okay, if she's playing varsity, that means she's around other kids that are, doing varsity, which could, they could be 17, 18 year olds. Like, how do I know they're not doing drugs or like, what if I take a nap and I'm woken up to my kid, then they're telling me they're, she's having sex on wrestling mats or something. Like I would die. Like, <laughs> no, I can't. So at first we we're like, hell no, she cannot do wrestling. This is too much for her. Clearly she makes bad decisions, yada, yada, whatever. But after talking to the principal, after talking to the guidance counselor, the wrestling coach, we collectively have agreed that her continuing with wrestling is the best idea. Um, Uh-oh. I think my headphones are going to go out or something. But um, so, yeah, she's going to continue. She still has, like, a suspension from wrestling because there's separate consequences from the athletic department, I guess. But I asked, and she still goes, like, to practice and goes to tournaments, but she won't be able to participate in maybe the first one or two, um, which I think is totally fair. And we talked about how you know, they, this happened with someone else because of their grades. They're requiring that their grades have to be up for them to participate. And I agree with that. And, um, so she'll understand that maybe her actions maybe have consequences that not only affect her, but go even further, you know, in affecting her teammates. <sighs> so I guess, I don't know. I just want to be like, I don't have all the answers and I am not perfect. And my, you know, I'm doing everything I advise others to do. One thing that I am going to do differently coming out of this is I am going to carve out dedicated time each day for this one child. 
Like I try to do that with every kid, but I think I need to do it on a different level that's more age appropriate so that she's not bored or that she's actually engaging or that I'm actually igniting some kind of passion or interest in her because I'm like so excited to have all these daughters, daughters. How does Teresa say it? Daughters. I have so many daughters and like, who knows? I could be the next Kris Jenner. Just kidding. I do not want to be like Kris Jenner. I don't want to have my child be in like a sex tape. I just want to have like good, wholesome business values. Is that so much or too hard? I don't know. Like, anyways, I'm going to answer this question. It's already been an hour, but I'm going to go through this cannabis mom boss lesson for the day. <sighs> okay. So as a digital entrepreneur, I believe in your one-on-one -on -one contact with your ideal customer or client, whether that's through email, through their phone number, that is the most important asset you can own as a business owner and not just a digital entrepreneur an entrepreneur in general. Like you, if you have a brick and mortar store or you're starting to sell things or do services locally, you need to connect with people. You need to go out and give your contact information to people. They need a way to call you, they need a way to reach you so that they can get your services. And so going offline, just in the real world, you would do things like have a business card, you would have a phone number, you would have, you know, maybe marketing pages, or like, if you have a store, you have a logo and, a, you know, a sign that says who you are. So you need to make your presence known and that's all part of branding, which I could go into a huge thing about branding, which I won't do today, but today we want to know what do you do when you buy your URL webpage or domain? Um, so the second part of my philosophy as a digital entrepreneur is not to rely on social media. And when I say that, I don't mean social media is not important. Social media is important. But don't put all your eggs in one basket, meaning I've seen people blow up on TikTok and then they are stuck. Like they don't know what else to do or they're on multiple platforms and it's just their followers are not moving. And I love numbers and data and insights. And I am like obsessed with just studying everything. And if you go to my Bravo and Blaze account on Instagram, you'll see I have so many posts. I have almost a thousand posts that I put up in like the last year and a half. And the more 
the reason why I did that is because the more content I put out there and the more permutations of content and like the different types of content, um, whether it's a, a static post, whether it's a video, whether it's a story, I've been tracking all of the data behind the scenes to see what works, what happens, what are people, what action are people taking, you know, things like that. So you want to pay attention to all of that across the board on all social media, but don't ever rely just on social media. So yes, go get your account on all the different platforms, you know, get your profile set up. Um, but usually you want to pick like your primary social media platform that you prefer and also where your ideal client or customer likes and enjoys using. Um, could be Twitter, could be Instagram, could be TikTok, could be YouTube. I will tell you one tip. YouTube is the only social media platform where you can monetize just from creating contact or con content. <laughs> but that's a whole other lesson that we can go into later. This one is about your domain. So the thing about having your own website, and the reason why I say don't rely on social media is because at any point in time, especially for cannabis content creators out there, this happens a lot that I've seen, you know, with my peers. Instagram especially will shut you down just like that and you are just out of luck. They own your content. As soon as you start using the plat any platform and you put content out there, that platform essentially owns your content and you can reuse it on other platforms and your own website, but if they ever shut you down, then you've lost it all. So why rely on storing all your content in one platform that you don't own? When you buy your own domain, and when I'm, what I mean by that is when you go to your website or you go to your Internet Explorer, Safari, Chrome, Firefox, I don't know what the kids use these days. Um, when you go to your web browser, you type in www bravoandblaze.com, .cannabismomboss.com. It doesn't even have to be a .com. It could be a .co. I mean, you can basically make up your own. It's just whatever it, whatever you choose should tie back to your brand and your values and who you are, what your services are. Um, but if you are, and that's a whole other lesson as well. It's like picking your domain. But if you are already there, just know that that domain is like essentially virtual real estate. It would be the same as like, I don't know how much, how tech savvy people are, but in the metaverse, like you can buy virtual space and like build, make these like fake buildings and stuff and like have a fake market. You can, people trade things there and you can use cryptocurrency and stuff like that. But for our purposes, for old school style, we're exchanging, you know, like dollars for our domain via like GoDaddy or 
any hosting site like Bluehost. I think there's like TD hosting. Um, even Shopify, I think you can purchase a domain through their site. And so there's a lot of different tools that you can use. And it's a matter of, you know, if you aren't sure what to, how to pick, you know, where you should buy your domain from, there's a lot more that goes into it that, you know, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. Um, but going back to what do I do now? Okay. So with your own domain, you own it. As long as you're not defaming anyone, you're not breaking any laws, you can essentially do whatever you want. And I know, um, you know, I started heavy on the Bravo side. And in that community, as a Bravo content creator, a lot of the times it's like leaking tea. I don't, I don't usually do that. I try not to. But um, or you might have an opinion about a housewife or a Bravo Leb and they don't like it. Like uh, Diana Jenkins, she's suing a content creator for insinuating something about her. So keep in mind that if you have your own domain, you are responsible for what you put on your own domain. So that's why, you know, if you have anything to hide, I don't think going online and, you know, like, or going on a TV show is a good idea because people are going to find out. So once you have your web page, there's all these different ways or you, you bought your domain, you're paying for it probably monthly or maybe annually. And now what? Okay. So there's many different sites, many different tools that you can use to create a landing page. I, that's the first thing I would recommend is getting, getting a landing page. Even if it just says under construction, with your logo on it. Just get something there with like a contact with an email or phone number or both or a physical address. Whatever it is, give them a way to contact you. And bonus points if you can get a landing page with a form on it. So a form in web page language is um, like a type of widget in HTML where you, it allows you to capture, it'll have like a text box where you can write in um, your email address and then they can push a button to subscribe and then behind the scenes, you can start collecting their email addresses. Because like I said, that one-on-one -on -one interaction is your biggest asset. You want to keep clients and you want to, they, you don't want to think about them as your clients. Like they're your friends, essentially, especially if you're an entrepreneur. I'm finding that like this entrepreneurship lifestyle is really like being about it, like not just talking about it, but literally being about it, like genuinely being passionate and interested in your niche and the people that you're talking to and staying connected with those people because maybe – you have touch points with them often, and they may not give you an exchange of money for anything, but at some point when you're ready and you have an offering, they may become an actual client. So 
I would just, it, there's a lot that goes into the mindset behind this because sometimes I think people get very discouraged or like, oh, I reached out to so-and-so and they, they never responded. That doesn't, that doesn't affect me. I'm like, well, I'm going to follow up then. And then if I don't get a, a response from the follow-up, then I might do some more research and see, okay, how do I get connected to this person or somebody who maybe they're not the right person that I need to get connected to. Maybe I need to find somebody better that I need to get connected to, to get to my next step in my business. So as far as the webpage and domain goes, get that landing page up. Shoot, I think my, yep, my earbuds said, earpods. All right, so get your landing page up and then, um, wait, I just want to make sure you can hear me. Can you hear me okay? Um, once you have your landing page up, you can start, I mean, you can do this at any point once you have your URL or domain. Put your URL, web page, domain, web address, whatever you want to call it, put it in all of your profiles on all of your social media, on your Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, put your link in there, put it everywhere, put it in your email signature so that every time you send an email, it automatically is at the bottom of your, where your name is. I always put in on my email signature, like my name, obviously, my phone number, my email address, and my web page. And then sometimes I put in my Instagram handles and stuff like that too. It all depends. It depends on what my email is, which is another lesson that I can get into another time. But I, um, oh, another thing I wanted to say, if you have business cards, put your email or your web page on your business cards, put it on all of your marketing materials. If you do any collaborations with anyone, always give them a full list. Like have, have a little notepad that has put your email signature or whatever, put your name, phone number, all that stuff. Copy and paste it. Always give that information to everyone that you interact with. Don't be obnoxious about it, but you want to give it to them. And it's as simple as giving your business card to somebody. So I hope that helped. And let's see. Let's look at the comments. Milkshake is a good app for that. You can put all your links, your attach. Oh, like Linktree. Yeah. So I used to use Linktree. They also have like Link Pop. Um, I think so. I've used both. Sometimes I think it is good to have a link tree, like if you have multiple things that you have going on, but it all really depends because then it's like, well, which one do you put first? Because don't forget, each click is money in the online world. And so when you get that click, you do not want to lose that person. You want them to do another click. And so... Sometimes having a link tree doesn't always work, but there are times where it is, you know, more beneficial than just having one link. I like having one link right now because I am trying to get everyone to go to my YouTube channel. <laughs> 
So that's like me purposely directing them there. That's what I'm pushing right now. But it could change in the future. We'll see. Um, what else? Any other questions? Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah, Socialite, Gossip, Dorinda's Red Balloon. I don't know if I missed anyone, but I hope to see you all next week because I'm going to be doing this every week. And I hope to get out more videos with more lessons on entrepreneurship, how to use your website, how to use social media, all of these things. So... Love you all. Stay lit, fam.